Growth stories, life lessons, turning points, service to others, truth, no bullshit. Adding value, no smoke and mirrors, being the pressure, third down and 10, win or learn, always the underdog with a chip on your shoulder. These are the things that I think about when I talk to this group. From service academy fleet leaders, NFL players, NASCAR drivers, tech gurus, private equity, small business, big business, to the entrepreneurs making the way of the future, winning at all costs with uncompromised integrity, paying the price of admission. Let's go. Here we go, special episode with a few folks. Uh, first time we've done this on the price of admission, but uh, got got four guests today. Uh, first one, Austin Milky from episode three, pouring into un- young men and women. Jeff Lenar, Rent is Due, episode four. Clint Sovey, episode five, Your Purpose Here Has Changed. And Clint, I've got a lot of good feedback on that one, by the way, because that happens to a lot of folks, right? Uh, and then Matt Neshack, episode six. Preparation plus confidence equals success minus complacency. Good crew today. Excited to have you guys on. Uh, wanted to talk about, you know, just share some fellowship, maybe some belligerence. Um, you know, what's going well for you today? Um, what are you thankful for and in, in what you're doing? And then a little bit about like what excites you nowadays in your day-to-day work, home, hobbies, whatever it is that that you get caught up in and, and just really love what you're doing. So with that, I'll open it up. Um, who's got something they're thankful for or are enjoying right now? I mean, I'm, I'm really thankful for the fact that, you know, I've got way more hair than Clint Sogan. I could be looking <laughs> like him right now, yeah, but, here, yeah. but here I am with this flow. So. Well, nice. you're not counting the back hair, so I got you beat there. Yes, you do, yeah, Clint. Okay. And I will, I will, that's, that's ground that I will, um, outright concede you, my man. Okay, all right. <laughs> it's migrated. What about you, Milky? What's going on? What's going good in your life nowadays? Well, I mean, since we talked last, I've gotten selected to move to a new store up in Lafayette where we live. Uh, we're going to set it down for about three months, do a major reinvestment, and then uh, put it back up and play slam another 25% of the volume through there. That's pretty exciting. I'm thinking I'm moving there in a couple months. So. Lafayette. Yeah, rocking and rolling. Nice. Yeah. How about, uh, what about old Neshack? What's going good in your life, brother? Yeah, man. I, I look at the, the little, the little things right now. Just the discipline pursuit of less. Somewhere I read that. What's the most important things and, Thankful for the family, daughter's wife, and then uh, that I got a job where I'm respected at. I mean, I had a pretty rough end of last year and moving into this year, lost my mom. So that it's been pretty rough, but those are the things you got to focus on. Yes, that's a new one. Uh, Discipline, pursuit of less. I like it. I never heard that one before, but. Yeah, definitely definitely stole that from something something I read. It's a good one. uh, yeah, where'd you hear that from? Remember? Uh, it's a book. I'll think of it here in a minute. It was, uh, yeah, I'll think of it here in a minute. Re- I'll report back. I'll let you know. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> awesome. Jeff, I read how about after you? my dad passed away, but so um, spark that. 
kind of similar to you know what what Matt's focusing on, man. Um, not a whole lot has changed um, since you know we spoke on the uh, the initial the, the initial podcast that I did with you. Um, you know, work is still going great. Uh, I was just in Nashville for a big leaders conference uh, this week, actually. So I got back yesterday. So uh, definitely feeling energized from that, man. It was great connecting with peers or you know operating facilities across the country. Uh, and seeing all like the really great stuff the company's coming out with. So very fortunate to be a part of that organization. Um, and then just really focus on the family, man. Um, my, my kid currently, uh, my son Bryson, my firstborn, uh, only child at the moment. But I mean, he's walking, trying to talk, you know, and it's just been, it's been really just fantastic just seeing him grow, you know, as quickly as he has in just a little over a year. He's 14 months. So, um, and obviously, you know, my, my incredible wife and, watching her be a mom and everything. So just really focusing on the family, man. Uh, no real new hobbies other than just fixing stuff around the house, but uh, just really trying to focus on family and uh, really just enjoy these, uh, these small moments that we've had. Nice. Speaking of, I had to show Amanda your uh, picture of your boy and he goes, and she said, look at those <laughs> cheeks. Those are Jeff's cheeks. <laughs> yeah. Hi crew. <clears throat> Just letting Tony Hi, know Amanda. that Hi, I'm Amanda. going to pick up our daughter up from gymnastics. And nice. so he's in She's charge nice. of the other kids, but they know about seeing the group. And it's nice to see y'all. Nice to see, see you, Amanda. Too. Yeah, dude. Awesome. Um, your your boy looks a lot like you. That's, that's crazy. When I saw that picture, it's the first one I saw of him. So anyways. Yeah, I... Definitely, like you know, yeah. Obviously, I think that we got a lot of a lot of people say he looks just like you. I just hope he has his mother's intelligence. Yeah. Uh, humility. Does <laughs> he crush right? powdered donuts and Mountain Dew? Um, <laughs> dude, if I gave him a powdered sugar donut right now, he would crush it. I'm not gonna lie to you. <laughs> so he, he is my son, and my wife's like, you know, we're at the stage now, which I, I'm sure you know a bunch of athletes on this podcast and all of us. You know, I think. Uh, Adam Horn said it best. I want him to try all the sports, you know, do basketball, soccer, baseball, football up here. Obviously hockey's going to be a big one. My wife always keeps saying that. I was like, yeah, but you know, he's going to play football. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, it's going to happen. <laughs> well, Clint, how about you, man? What are you thankful for? Yeah, I mean, your purpose here has changed. Is it still changing or settling uh, yeah. down or? Yeah, I don't think it's changing. I think I'm just finding it. You know what I mean? Um, so I'm, yeah, I'm thankful for I'm thankful for quite a bit, man. Uh, I've been fortunate to have been in a Bible study for the past <clears throat> four three years uh, while I've been at my current job at EWS, and so nice. uh, through this Bible study, I've kind of determined at a certain point that my my I think my purpose or my identity um, it hasn't shifted right, but I've just identified it, and so. Gotcha. Um, I'm super grateful for everything going on in my life. I'm grateful for that Bible study. I'm grateful for where I'm working. Uh, our son just got into a school in California, which is a good Christian school that I was worried about because of the politics in California. Uh, so I didn't want him going to public school. Um, where are you living? School? Uh, we're going to live in Carlsbad. The school is Santa Fe Christian Ooh, yes. in Solana Beach. Nice. Yeah. Oh, awesome, Carlsbad man. is the place yeah. to be. Yeah. So. Yeah. So I'm grateful for a ton, man. There's a lot of stuff going really well in my life, you know. Awesome. Point real quickly, man. What's the command you're uh, headed to after you uh, PCS? Fifth Marines. Nice, man. Good for you. Yeah. So I'll be the four out there. Um, 
I'll get to hit Australia on a deployment um, in the near future, so that'll be good. Cool, man. That's awesome. Congrats, dude. Yeah. Thanks, man. Cool. All right. So, uh, anything else that you guys are, are grateful for before I keep on moving? What about you? Oh, dude, I'm grateful for uh, a lot of things. I'm grateful for, as all y'all have said, uh, my family, um, you know, all my kids, they're, you know, learning themselves and trying to navigate how to mentor them without pushing them too hard. I think it's always something in the back of my mind because I think we all like to push hard on our, uh, our kids naturally based off of, you know, how we were uh, raised, but, um, yeah, man. And I'm really grateful for this podcast and being able to reach out to you guys and continue to, to grow it and, and talk about stuff. So that's what I'll I'm say. I am too. I know, I know everybody says this on their episodes, but like the stuff that you're doing, the guys that you're getting on here, the stories that you're allowing us to hear and relive it, it really is helpful. It's been great. So proud of you, man. Yeah. Good. Good. It's been, it's been like, I would, I would say, you know, inspirational would be a good word to describe it, but it's also been, you know, like refreshing to hear. Cause I know we're all dealing with our own life struggles, um, you know, making our way through different career paths, uh, raising kids. I mean, we're all a bunch of, you know, at our heart, still a bunch of, you know, degenerate college football players, but um, just to hear everybody, how they're doing, what they're doing um, and their struggles, man. I mean, it's been, I mean, again, it's been inspirational. I listened to him on the way to work. Um, Obviously, Bobby Max, you know, I called him uh, or texted him, excuse me, um, after his was an amazing one. Um, and I really I don't know him. I've never met him. But um, Adam Horm's podcast was it was amazing. Yeah. It was, no, it was yeah. a great one. No, I, I really like doing these things. And, and at one point, I can't remember when I wrote it down, <clears throat> but I wrote down this little, you know, notes of benefits for the podcast for me. Number one, to become a better listener. Listening to other people talking is a skill which needs to be worked on, right? Um, getting over creative blockage. At some point, we all it all happens to us. People go into lulls or they they get like, hey, I'm stuck on this thing. Well, it helps me kind of, you know, open up my mind on on this a few subjects or whatever we're talking about. But uh next one is getting informed on current events. Um, not necessarily delivered by a cited or swayed news program. Uh, <laughs> uh, it, <laughs> number four, enhances relationships. Five, uh, consume available time to be productive. So like I, I have this problem with like idle time, which I'm working on as well. Uh, the next one, learn more and uh, learn more about and be able to grow business. So like entrepreneurial ship and last one is to help others. So those are my goals in doing this. And I, I hope it it's happening. I think a few of them are, so that's a good thing. But anyways, that's what's in it for me in this. Uh, yeah. Tone, I'll jump, I'll jump in on that creativity one. The second one, I'll remember exactly what it's, what you said. But uh, I, I found the conversation with you the first time I was super nervous, right, about getting on a conversation, having a conversation, a recorded conversation, because I don't consider myself to be a good conversationalist. But over the course of the years, I have 
become more and more, uh, I guess, self-deprecating in thought. And so um, I've enjoyed listening to everybody talk uh, and kind of not, not that everybody shares that same thing, but even in this conversation, I'm like, I'm, I'm forcing myself to have conversations with people in a way that I, I usually don't. Right. So awesome. Yeah. Good. Good news. And I think too, man, to just to add to the previous podcast, I mean, obviously a lot of the guys that you you've done shows with, um, or, or, you know, we're there in an era that we were, you know, um, you know, 2010, 09, um, you know, guys that we knew really well and specifically from our class, like, you know, you, you call these guys, you know, your, your best friends, you know, your brothers, but there's a, a lot you don't know about them, uh, that's come out in these podcasts, like Arnold Taylor's background. I had yes. no idea. Awesome. Story, I had right? no idea. And yeah. it's it just an, an incredible story. Uh, to hear about him. And this is a guy I knew for four years at Navy. Um, you know, we were on the scout team together. Uh, and again, I always had, you know, extremely high opinions of him. I had no idea about his background. Yeah. Kept a lot of things hidden, right? He did. He wasn't yeah. going to show stuff. And, you know, unfortunately, that's what a lot of people do. Right? Like yeah, in general so and, you know, in day to day. That was inspirational. That was mm-hmm. inspirational. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Yeah, for me, the uh, hearing people, what they confided, some people confided in me that I didn't realize was a big deal until listening to mm-hmm. the podcast. Like they opened up in the podcast awesome. and I realized they were opening up to me earlier. And I'm like, man, maybe I was too young to realize it back then. But they were confiding with me back then. So it's, it was just kind of special to realize, oh, man, I was one of those guys for that people. Awesome. That was cool for me. How about uh, <clears throat> y'all all had early episodes, right? So, you know, episodes two, oh, well, no, Cameron missed it tonight. So we'll, we'll give him hell for that. Uh, episodes three through six. What, since then, um, have you had any changes in your thought process since you had that conversation way back in the day? Because... I look back on my first few episodes and I think, okay, I grew up a little bit on these areas. I, I think a little bit differently now about what I thought about back then. Any thoughts right now on from your your first episode until now and how you're thinking differently about things? Yeah, I'll jump on that. I think I think so. Yeah, uh, without question. I mean, fortunately, I was able to share some of the stuff that bothered me. Uh, one of the things specifically, right. And so people have reached out, uh, and told me that that was never a thing anyway. Um, so that made me feel at least better, I guess. Uh, but then awesome. going back to like finding purpose and who I am, um, completely changes my perspective from either a failed leader or, um, what, whatever I considered myself to be. Right. So now I see myself as just God's child trying to do God's work in the best way that I possibly can. Um, which is completely different than probably the way I looked at myself the time that I was on with you a couple months ago. Boom. Nice. Like it. I think Clint actually I said think... it well for me. It was it was a matter of like I wanted to – I was so early. I was episode three, I guess. But it was like I wanted to hit every point and make sure that everything was distinct and, and well thought out and well said. I feel like I botched the hell out of it. So it's like – I'd almost rather go back and do it again and just be like, hey, 
here's who I am, right? Not that I said anything <laughs> stupid or bad, but it was just like I was so worried about like giving the perfect play that it's I'm not sure I gave. 100%. Awesome. I was way more, you know, like into what am I going to say next versus listening to, to what you actually had to say on that podcast. So, uh, <laughs> hey, uh, we were both learned at that time. So, I like. I think Tony. I the second one. Yeah, I, I, I think you know with mine, Tony. I remember you had said in the opening of ours that it was a way for you to you know work on public speaking, and I obviously listened to mine you know after we did the recording, and then obviously once you posted it, but I was just listening like self critiquing myself. This is like a minor thing relative to a lot, but I said like uh or um like throughout the podcast, like especially early on, I, I really didn't catch myself doing it. So I was like, man, Tony's working on public speaking. Like, I also need to work on my public speaking. <laughs> nice. <clears throat> Good stuff. So for me, it since then it's just it challenged my definition of how I approach life. Like I gave a definition of toughness and how I approach life. And then my life got real hard. I defined toughness of keeping just working through no matter what, you don't think it's going to get better and just keep grinding. And then I talked about the challenges. My I lost my dad and then the challenges my mom had, almost lost her. And then I hung up the phone with Tony and two weeks later, my mom had terminal cancer. So it's been like the real test of that. And uh, it's, it's just been challenging, you know. You just got to live by what you say and just do it, you know, so – that's what it's been. It's been a real challenge since then. It's been everything you don't want to do, but uh, it's tested what I said I believed in. So, yeah, it's good though. <clears throat> it's good that we I got that out and laid it out in front of me to say, okay, here's kind of a roadmap. So yeah, for sure. And I think just to just to piggyback off Matt, I mean hearing everybody else's stories and obviously, you know, Matt's, you know, specifically, it really kind of just hardens that, you know, discipline in your own life, whether it be personal or professional, just like, you know, on the football field when things got, things got tough, um, you know, fourth quarter is an example, you know, looking left and right and seeing, you know, your other brothers suffer, suffering out there with you and that giving you strength. I mean, I think just, you know, my journey through life, hearing everybody else is really, you know, motivated me and given me inspiration, like I said earlier, to uh, tackle the trials, problems, tribulations, you know, of, you know, going through life. Yeah. <clears throat> Something that rang true to me with uh, what Matt was saying was, uh, you know, one of my differences between when I started the podcast between then and now, I'm thinking, okay, and I've brought it up on a couple of different episodes so far is when I used to get knocked down, I would get right back up. No questions asked. I'll get back in the fight. I'll push. I'll figure things out. But now when I get knocked down, I stay there for a second and I think about it and and really try to understand how I got there. And, uh, you know, bird's eye view, bigger picture. Okay, in this situation, is there something I could have influenced or not? And, you know, easier said than done. And that's part of the book that I wanted to bring up towards the end was Love Plus Work by Marcus Con uh, Buckingham is 
when you get knocked down and you get, you know, think about it and get back up and get back on the saddle and, and keep pushing is, um, what got you there? How are you going to dig out of this hole again? Or do you, are you tired of getting put in this hole? Right? So just some thoughts on my mind, but we'll get there. Um, yeah, but you can get knocked down. Tony, where did you learn that? Go ahead. Where did I learn what? Tony, where did you learn to stay down for a second? Where did you hear that? I was I was probably on a Jocko podcast, to tell you the truth. <laughs> it was either Jocko. So I only got a few podcasts I listen to. One's Jocko. One's The Real Brad Lee, which I like a lot. Uh, one's this guy called Wes Watson, and he's a psycho. Um, but you guys would like him. Um, so it came from one of those three. I'm just asking because I'd often tell my people, like, you can make as many mistakes as you want. You can, you can make a billion mistakes. I'll make the same one twice. But I, I think I need to change that with what you're saying is, like, you've got to learn to make sure you're not going to repeat those mistakes. So I'm, I'm curious how I incorporate that. Stay down for a second to find your learnings. Well, when, when I when I think of that, I think of getting knocked down from a non-controllables perspective. And when you get back up, not letting the non-controllables affect you as much. Does that make sense? Because for me, I take a is lot of things. Of, Go ahead. Is that just kind of in the... Is that just kind of in the realm of, you know, control what you can control and not worry about what you can't control? Yes. But you have you know? to have the emotional yeah. intelligence enough to know what you cannot control and what you can control, right? Like, and that's that's a tough thing, right? Uh, because if you don't completely understand what you can and cannot control, then you stay down for a long time. I think the big part you're, you're hitting on, Tony, is like you have to get up at some point, right? So... Mm-hmm. Stay down long enough to understand what what got you knocked down, but you got to recover, right? And that's for some people. I can speak for myself for a period of a couple, three, four years. It was it was pretty difficult to get back up because I just continued to like uh, analyze the situation and analyze it more and more and more. So I just stayed down longer and longer and longer instead of just getting back up and and attacking whatever the problem was. <clears throat> True. You know, the other side yes, of that sir. that's really interesting is the boundary setting, like figuring out like, so what your learnings are, where you're going to set your own boundaries for like, if you have an, like, if you have a situation where you're going to have to go put yourself out there, like know how far you're going to push yourself mm. before you're willing to retreat or whatever it is. Right. So if it's a person or, you know, a spouse or whatever it is, but those boundaries are huge because then it kind of lets you push yourself to the limit where, you know, you're able to get back up Clint, but then you're not so far that you're down for two extra weeks. Yeah, for sure. And then one of the things I do is I I will focus on a group, right? So if I've got a group of 15 people that I'm leading and I can tell that there's two or three of those individuals aren't on the team, I'll start focusing my attention towards those two or three individuals, right? Which I've had a boss in the past tell me, Hey, you really care about people to a fault, right? You care so much about people um, that you won't forgive up, you won't give up on them or you won't, you know, just, just stop working on them and worry about the other people. And so that's, that's a good point, Austin, right? Like at a certain point, you can't care more about the problem that other person's facing than they do. 
That's that old, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make a drink. Yeah, for sure. Boom. Shamwell. <laughs> Love it. So, oh, sorry. my takeaway is, in that moment, if you could have controlled it and you failed, the, the staying down is thinking why and then fix to control it. And then not once you do, like you figure out why you can control it, then don't dwell on the moment that you mm-hmm. failed. Just focus on what to do to fix it. Mm-hmm. Boom. Like it. Well, That's what I would say. Very well said. You must have been stirring that one up. Did you write it down before you said it, Matt? No comment. <laughs> Good job. Matt's wise beyond his years. He just won't <laughs> let you know it. Yeah. Awesome. All right. Let's keep moving. Uh, let's see. Uh, from the early episodes, this group, um, is there anything else you wish you would have talked about during your episode or something you want to expound upon? Nope. Okay. We'll keep moving. Trying to break the silence. <laughs> I know there's something. Yeah, Someone's got to have something. Lot. I remember walking away. I was like, I wish I could have went for yeah, two hours past what I did. There's a lot. Yeah. Oh, I can't think of a specific I wish I'd have just told my story. Yeah. My story. I think everybody's story was patchy. Yeah. So my, my, it wasn't a really in-depth story. I didn't story. want to focus. Ahead, I didn't want to focus on myself. So no one really took anything away about me, but, but the, uh, oh, maybe, maybe not, but I wish I'd have told my story and I wish I'd have talked about my wife and my kids a little bit. I didn't talk about them much at all, if at all. Uh, So here we go. I got a wife. Her name's Allie. She's in the Navy. She's a rock star, right? She's a civil civil engineer officer. She is the brains of the family. I am the knuckle dragger, 100%. um, If and, well, when we get out, uh, she will make. I think we all agree on that. Yeah, she'll make. Yeah, that's like no 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 contest. <laughs> yeah, there. And was she mad after she listened to podcast? No, mentioned? she didn't. No, Is this actually, what's going on right no, now? No, 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 not at all. Uh, and <laughs> then like, I've got exactly like a good Catholic <laughs> with some. Guilt. There we go. I've got a great. I've got a great eleven-year-old <laughs> son who uh, has been through a lot. Right, uh, probably more than I wish he had been uh, as me, like learning how to be a father. Right, being harder on him than I probably needed to be it from time to time. But he's an outstanding lacrosse player. Um, he aspires to be a uh, lacrosse professional one day, professional lacrosse player, maybe go to Navy, save us a lot of money. And then uh, I've got a seven-year-old daughter who does gymnastics. She's a beautiful little girl. She's nice. great. Dude, my daughter does gymnastics too. Yeah, man. Eight years old. Yeah. State champ. State champ. Kentucky. No yeah, shit. Not, not California. So. No shit. What does she compete in? Do you know? We'll connect on that. Uh, is she like All the around, level? Does like, she do the level things? Yeah, she does the level things. She's on the uh, on the track for level five, brother. Dude, awesome, man. I think Sadie's level four. I don't know. But she's good. good. Yeah. She's good. Yeah. We'll have to talk offline. Oh, there's a few we'll things do. I'm not I'm just not gonna share here. But anyway, uh No, I got yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. I'm just connecting <laughs> with you on the gymnastics yeah, no, thing because dude. I love watching uh, my daughter do gymnastics because it's crazy. So much fun. Yeah. So. So, but that, that cool. encompasses it for me, more or less. 
All right. I guess we'll Hold keep on, moving. Don't go anywhere. So my struggle uh, back in my podcast was we had just gotten di- uh, Joe Allen diagnosed with ADHD and dyslexia. Yeah. Um, so just update on that. Like he is crushing it. Amy is more than a saint, more than an angel in our world. Like she has been busting it to get him to, you know, a couple hours a week of reading. And um, Joe Allen went from literally struggling to read to his like reading stories, walking from uh, the pickup line to the car and just crushing it. So it's just another one of those, like put your head down, kick some doors down, keep working and it'll all work out. But it's been, it's been tough to watch. It's been fun to watch, but I'm super proud of both of them. They're really, uh, they've actually really bonded over it. They get to spend quite a bit of time early in the morning running to school together to get to his lessons and different stuff like that. So it's, it's been fun to watch, but I'm, like I said, just super pumped and proud of them. Awesome. Hefe, you got anything to add before we keep moving? No, I think. Uh, those beers you're drinking. Oh, sorry, Jeff. No, go ahead. I'm curious too, actually, on that. <laughs> What's the question? Which of those beers are you sipping on? Uh, I, you know, I cracked the forty. <laughs> I'm almost done with it. I wish I could show you. I'm proud of it already. <laughs> we won't cut that out. That's a good portion of this conversation. Just be you. That's, That's the, the Matt I know, man. <laughs> Jeff, what you got? Um, I think similar to, you know, a lot of what you guys had mentioned. I mean, a lot of it was, you know, me being a new parent um, uh, with my son, but just, you know, how incredible my, you know, my wife is and, you know, being a mom and, you know, that's probably been one of the most joyful parts of our marriage is, you know, watching her be a mom. It's like, the amount of things that she's knocking out and taking care of. And, you know, I know it definitely stressful for her. She's got her career, but I mean, she does it like flawlessly. Like there's stuff that like she's thinking about and planning for that. I I don't even like, I don't even think about like, I doesn't even like cross my mind. And, and it's just like, I think for me really like focusing on like not taking that for granted. Um, what does she do? What she's done with it. Uh, so she's a physician assistant, and then she, she works in ortho and sports medicine uh, here in New Hampshire. So, yeah, pretty, so, pretty busy. Yeah, she is. Yeah, um, she's fortunate. You know, she gets one day off a week that she's able to uh, be home with um, or some Bryson. You know, get him to doctor's appointments or anything. You know, he might need. Which, as all of us know, just because you're not at work and you're at home with a kid, like you're not doing what you want to do at home with the kids is is worse than work from a like demand standpoint when i say worse i don't mean worse but the demand is is crazy there are days you know he's like sick or something you know we we can't get him to daycare you know you know one of us you know we'll have to be home with them and it's been me before and i'm like well i'll just work from home i'll be able to answer emails and you know calls or whatnot I'll get calls from work. I'm like, you guys got to climb back like 20 minutes. I literally cannot. Like, <laughs> the dog is doing something. Bryson's doing their thing. It's like, I'm on the verge of disaster here. So, like, I, <laughs> you got to give nice. me credit. And, uh, you know, I'll come home. I, I think one of the big things, um, I'm really trying to work on this and catch myself with it. But, you know, I'll come home from, a, you know, an ungodly, like, stressful day. Like, today was pretty bad. And you know, she's been at home with Bryson for a little bit already and i mean he's already you know 
had his dinner, had his bottle, um, you know, getting ready for bed. And, you know, the most I'm doing is, you know, putting him in a PGA, changing the diaper, which is, you know, minor compared to what she's doing. And really, um, you know, not taking them for granted. I mean, the amount of work it does. And when I'm home alone with them or she's out doing something, I'm with them. Like it is a, as we all know, a, a completely full-time job. Yep. And, you know, he's mobile now. Your house, you might think is baby proofed. It is not. Um, and that's the first thing they go after is the things that are not baby proof. So really just kind of sitting back and, you know, I would have liked to have talked a little bit more about that in the podcast, but just the appreciation i have you know she's such a uh you know a wonderful mother because again there are things that she's doing that i might not even see or even realize that they need to be done and she just knocks it out flawlessly awesome i feel the same way about amanda she's a she's a rock star and um yeah good stuff all right uh last question on early episode reflection is have any key takeaways from any other episodes after you guys that you listen to and you're like, um, that was a good one. That one stood out to me. Any of those in the recent episodes? Well, Bobby stood out for all the obvious reasons. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I had mentioned Arnold Taylor's. Uh, I mean, that was a, and I didn't, I didn't get to that one immediately. I've, I've been pretty good with like jumping on them as soon as you release them, but it took me, um, you know, a couple of weeks to get back to that one. And again, you know, his background and hearing his story was, was, was truly inspirational. It's kind of one of those things too. It's like you don't really have a lot to complain about when you realize, you know, what you know he went through. And you know, I mentioned, you know, like my wife and being, you know, the mom. You know, with his background and his situation, I mean, that was like truly like incredible. Uh, yeah, bath bathtub with cayenne pepper. That's that was insane. Yeah, I mean, I was I was literally I, I need I need to call him. Um, I need to call Arnie <laughs> after that one. I mean, that was uh, just a fantastic episode. Awesome. Yeah, I'll second that on Arnie. Arnie's was uh, almost kind of like a, a life altering, alternate altering life altering. Um, listen for me and then uh clint bruce obviously it's kind of one of those cliche ones but clint yeah. bruce's was incredible and i listened to two podcasts from clint bruce one was on um the 38 challenge i don't know if you guys have uh listened to that podcast yeah uh and i can't remember if it was yours tony or it was the 38 challenge but he said something to the effect of you know having regrets is okay um regrets in life means you look back at your problems and you fix them um, but, uh, uh, having something like, um, God, what did he say? Regrets. And then you had, uh, like pretty much like, I can't remember the dang word shit. Anyway, I'll figure it out. But, uh, <laughs> but, uh, he, he said something about regrets and then like, uh, like just constantly dwelling on things. Right. The other one was like constantly yeah. dwelling. And so I thought that yeah, was incredible. sinking into a hole. Yeah, sinking yeah. into a hole. So um, I thought his was, and then just as a, and I'm thinking back like as a 22, 21, 23, however old he was with like the hammer thing, um, as a leader, pulling that out at that age uh, and having the, the wherewithal to say, this is going to motivate my team, at least on the defense. 
that was that was incredible to me. I think all of them have been phenomenal, man. Um, I mean, Austin, your your story from you know applying for a Chick Fil A and then getting turned down and then saying, you know, I'm going to figure this out. And then going through, I think you did like rental stuff, right? Uh, for uh, engineering type equipment, right? So like yep. just just people having to figure life out in real time. Um, and it seems like it's a theme across the board. And so it's been, I think all of them have just been incredible. Awesome. Let's cool. go into mute. It's all, I'll run. Um, I actually enjoyed two of them. Chaps. You know, I don't even remember anything specific, but I just remember like, I think with the phase of life that I'm in kind of very deep in my faith and um, just like trying to remember some of the, I guess, you know, eulogies or whatever he gave uh, at our pre-games. Those were actually really cool to go back and relive. I actually wanted to go, I looked to go find his second book. I haven't pulled the trigger on it, but I wanted to go read his updated book. And then Mr. Craig Carter's was just uh, beyond moving. I got, I had, uh, when I was back at the Academy for shore duty, I got to do a VIP tour for him of the Academy. And uh, I don't remember who it was with, but it was just, so good to spend time with him and then you know, next thing you know you're kind of listening to all of his stories and just thoughts about Blake and whatnot it was uh, it was emotional to say the least I bet how about you Matt yeah I'm honestly I'm pretty far behind but I will catch up um, but the, the one thing I remember sticking out it was actually an early episode when Ross was talking he uh, he said something. It was real subtle, and it just it struck me. I remembered it. I'm gonna remember it forever. He said he was where they they go and they're fixing stuff and doing their missions. Him and his wife, and he says we find areas that need growth. And I always get to a new job. I'm like, oh, I gotta fix all this shit, you know. And the way he approaches it, like that angle of how he just needs to grow something, it really stuck with me. It's like, man, I'm approaching everything wrong. He's growing people where I'm trying to fix stuff, and it's my responsibility <clears throat> where he's he's investing in the people and growing them. And that stuck with me and changed how I approach things. That was, that was a big moment for me. Yeah. He's doing some insane stuff over there in Thailand. I actually emailed him about a month ago or texted him said, Hey, how are things going over there? And he's like, dude, there are mass murderers, uh, dictatorship. Um, things they're working through over there is just like, put that on social media in America and insane, right? Yeah, it probably doesn't get the attention that it needs. But we got people like Ross over there doing what he's doing. It's it's that's nuts. So crazy uh, civil war story over in Thailand that nobody knows about. But Ross is there. So Ross is like the perfect example of a guy who has found his purpose in life and is just doing it. Yeah. Yeah, it's well said, Clint. And he's Finding the that purpose makes you happy. Yeah. He's the one episode in between all y'all's episodes 
so far. I, I will say, and this is obviously uh, in compliment to Ross, what he's doing like currently uh, over in Thailand does not surprise me at all. Mm. Anybody who knows Ross is like everything he's doing yeah. like makes complete sense. Yep. No doubt. You could not meet a nicer guy, man. I mean, um, have you ever heard? I mean, obviously we talk shit all the time, you know, back and forth. But like <laughs> Ross was that guy, like no one wanted to because you would just feel bad about it. Because, you know, what? it's like you're not really true at all. There's nothing bad to say about him. But, um, I mean, he was just that guy everybody looked up to and respected. And, you know, it just, again, like going fast forward to what he's doing today. I mean, hearing about it in detail on the podcast was great. But, like, it makes complete sense. And, you know, anybody who's known him as long as we have, it's like, yep, he's doing exactly what he should be doing. And you just thank God there are people in this world exactly like Ross. And if you try to talk trash to him, it, it just, like, rolled off his back. And it's like he's better than that, like you know? Duck. You're like, oh, yeah, yeah man. I feel stupid now. He's just better than <laughs> yeah, me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, it's like, it's like Ross just taught me a in lesson. Room. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. shit. I won't do that again. Yeah. 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 Oh, man. But it's cool. I mean, he's like, I love how people say Christianity, it's, it's not easy. There's going to be challenges. And he's like one of those tough guys that takes it on and just doesn't let mm-hmm. anything affect him. And it's, it's awesome to try to strive to be like that, you know? Yeah. So who do you want? Yeah. Who do you want on the most that you need help with that you think you can get, but you need help with? Pachoni. Um, okay. Hold on a second. How about number I two? You, Tony, I know you mentioned Bryce McDonald. He'd be a fantastic. Yeah, oh, Bryce. I've also texted him, and he's got you know delays. Here's my list. All right. So yeah. the ones I need help with: Joe Pearson, Matt Hummison. Um, I should probably get Kyle Book out on here. What about Jeff? De, Jeff Deliz, Zerb, Reggie, uh, Mick. He's got approval issues. Mm-hmm. Um, Wimsat. Let's see. Wim, yeah, Wimsat. Wimsat. Yeah, he's on my list. Uh, Hamilton. His brother would be a good one yeah. too. Yeah. I'm oh, that'd be a good one. one. Yeah. And then Beardo's yeah. my Beardo's my next one. I would like to hear from him. Yeah. Mike Walsh. So we're, we're, Did, didn't he get Walsh? Yeah. Fucking ball. Excuse me. Ball podcast so good. Dude. <laughs> <laughs> the the first question should be Mike. <laughs> why every time you ran off to the sidelines, if there was a gap, you ran through people rather than the gap. <laughs> Bro. <laughs> You, you and me, we were born in the wrong century, bro. Yeah, <laughs> that was like Schaefer in the couch in the wardroom. I got a, I got a really good story on um, uh, Trey, man. So uh, you know, Trey and I, um, obviously, year behind us at Navy, uh, we both went to battalions um, on, on the East Coast, and he had a rough, uh, rough first deployment, lost the guy, but. I, uh, his dad and I will Instagram message like back and forth. And if you ever met Mr. Grissom, he's a phenomenal guy. Yeah. Awesome, and man. you're awesome, dude. And when I, when Trey was incoming to I day plebe year, we were randomly going at, um, a few of us 
were showed up at one of those like you know hibachi places in Naples. I can't remember where exactly it was. And this was like peak cafe time, so of course I like shut the place down. But he, I, I sat next to the table like and like Trey was like going to eye day like a, a day or like the next day or a you know, day later or whatnot, you know. And I was talking to Mr. Grissom as well as Trey, just kind of like you know putting the nerves at ease. I mean, we all know I went through eye day. It's like it is what it is and whatnot. But you know staying in touch with Trey and his dad has messaged me this like numerous times. That was like a huge impactful thing for him. Kind of, you know, put him at ease or whatnot. Um, and when I was talking to him, I didn't really realize it at the time. I was just like, Oh no, it's I day, you know, Trey's going to do fine. Uh, I can't remember what exactly what I said, but like I day at the Academy. Yeah. I day like, yeah, yeah. When he started, okay. cause he went indirect and, you know, it's it just kind of like, you know, humbling um, just to kind of hear like years and years later, you know, Mr. Grissom still talking about that. And uh, obviously, you know, Trey was a great, great player at Navy and a you know phenomenal Marine officer, made the transition, doing great now with his family or whatnot. So I think it's just that you know, that link and the, the stuff that we all go through together. And then here we are, fast forward, you know, decade plus later, you know, still kind of hearing those stories. So. Going back to just our link and the brotherhood, man, I think it, you know, one of the huge, the best parts about it is, you know, the, the link that, you know, extends far beyond, you know, our time there, you know, playing football and, you know, at the academy. Hey, to, you, to that point, I mean, the brotherhood of going to Navy just expands, right? Like, have you thought about other, other people outside, like, basketball players, just other midshipmen pulling Chris in. Harris. I know. Yeah. Just anybody. I mean, yeah. Chris Harris. Yeah. Just ha- haven't really gone there yet, but open to it. So you need to get Frank just on here. Frank. Yeah. Who? That's a good one. Austin. Frank. Frank. Shank. Frank. Who? Yeah. He gotcha. kind of got the whole uh, brotherhood organization Started. kind of, you know, really united, you know, and everything. Yeah. So he'd yeah, be a he good did, one. What, kicker in the eighties, right? Yeah. He created, yeah, I think early nineties, he was a punter, yeah. like 91, 92. Yeah. And I, he was a career Navy the, too, yeah. if I'm not yeah. going to lie. He was a uh, Meetalk. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm not going to. No, Meetalk. Oh, it was Intel. Okay. Oh, yeah. that's right. No, Meetalk. You're right. Yeah. He actually came over to my house <laughs> once when he was, yeah. Awesome. Interesting. That's why I know that. Cool. Oh, there she is. Katie says hi. Hello, Katie. She, she, I'm, I'm on AirPods. She can't hear you. Everybody says hi. Uh, she made a resupply for me. You should tell yeah. her that Meshack's talking shit. She's a boy mama. <laughs> She's boy mama, man. Crushing it, dude. <laughs> awesome. I, I, I generally feel, you know, I mean, obviously we would love to have a daughter. Uh, that'd be fantastic. But, you know, we want a second kid. And I, I just think it's going to be another boy. Totally and she's going to be like. All the times you were talking about having a daughter and what you were going to do to her. Dude, she's going to have me so whipped if we have a daughter. No, it's a treadmill story. Tell it. Oh, dude. Get on the podcast. We can cut stuff yeah. out, right? Yeah, no, man. No, yeah, you used gonna, to tell that story religiously. I know we're gonna. Well, I, she would if she she'd kill me. We're not gonna. We're not gonna do that. All right. Whew. <laughs> <laughs>
funny. I'm starting to think maybe this wasn't such a good idea. <laughs> this laptop's oh. not going to be usable. It's all right. We, hey, at the end of the day, I'm going to send this out to you guys. You can tell me what to cut out or whatever, and we'll go from there. But, dude, I'd say what <sighs> if, if Joe Rogan can have a hundred or plus million followers where he's like smoking weed and drinking, like a couple former ballers can drink beers and you know shoot the shit with each other. That's what I'm talking about. Nice. Clint's over there drinking his coffee. Yeah, uh, yeah. That's uh, why you hate life. Right now. <laughs> Look at your face, man. Yeah, Clint's like, I need to sign off. (laughs) No, I wish I had some drinks right now, to be honest with you. Tell her to pick one up on the way home. No, she's home. She's, yeah. 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 He's past due, man. Looks like you gotta go. Pre-planned. Yeah. Pre-planned. Good stuff. All right. I'll text you the domestic violence hotline number, Clint. Clint, yeah. Clint, I always ask, I always ask you this question, but do you remember slapping the shit out of me at Nishak's uh, wedding? I think I do. I remember that night fairly well. I do remember trying to fight. I okay. remember trying to fight Nishak's friend. That's probably what I remember the most. Yeah, he was a very nice guy. I'm sure he was, but he, I, he got I, a little aggressive. I kind of had to talk you down. He got aggressive towards you, Matt, and I had to make sure that, you know, I, he didn't. I don't know if that's the full story, but <laughs> I told Jeff that, and he's like, Matt, that's you at other weddings. I was like, oh, man, that sucks. <laughs> so I've been there, Clint. Yeah. I feel you. Well, I love you guys. Things happen. You know, I love you so much. Nishak, my father-in-law was telling a story about you and my wedding the other day about when you were trying to swim the river going back home from the bar. <laughs> I almost made it. <laughs> In your whites. <laughs> I still have those whites. They're not the same, though. They're yellow. <laughs> they're, they're different color. They're Louisiana. They're probably brown. <laughs> yeah. I almost yeah. made that. <laughs> oh, goodness. So, on the topic of podcasts, my, um, you know, I sent mine to uh, – I've sent a bunch of these you know, to my parents – and, you know, just because he couldn't make it tonight, we'll talk about Jordo. Um, you know, obviously, Jordo's, you know, real, real close friends of the Academy, you know, um, still close to this day, as, as, you know, we all are. But my mom called me. I'd sent her, and I was telling her about these podcasts. So I, I sent her the first couple ones. So that was obviously Cam's, Austin, yours, um, Clint, yours as well, Matt's. And then I was like, oh, and I was like, you got to listen to Jordo's. Because I, I think Jordo, just obviously knowing Jordo was one of the funniest ones I listened to, yeah. I, we, I, I've listened to in the series. And my mom called me, and she was laughing hysterically. She had literally just finished Jordo's podcast, and she's like, "I cannot stop laughing at Jordo's podcast." I mean, she obviously highlighted all the great stuff and you know stuff she's talking about, but just how funny Jordo was. <laughs> and she brought up this memory of Jordo and I at Navy. We had been at one of the lax tailgaters and it was that one where you know like the one a year we actually have to go to we can't pregame before we had to wear like oh. whites for it or whatnot whatever that one was senior year my parents were visiting that year they got in a hotel you know down the road from um the stadium and afterwards we're all you know drinking beer in the parking lot post game and everything and jordan and i obviously had uh, jordan and i obviously had more than probably we should have and we passed out 
in the hotel room on the same bed in like full whites. My mom's like, I still have that photo of you guys. I was like, do not share that with anybody. If, if I'd totally like appreciate that. it. I'd like that picture. I can dig it up somewhere, man. But she, yeah, I mean, she was, and, and she like, again, like, I mean, just going outside the brotherhood, you know, you know, our families were all really close there. Um, you know, became really good friends. And I mean, she's, I mean, she's loving it too. My, you know, my parents are just hearing all of our stories and they got to know a lot of us very well when we were at Navy and just hearing that where, where we're at in life today. So, um, it's gone, obviously Tony credit to you well beyond just our circles, if, if you will, um, you know, for these podcasts. Good. Good stuff. All right. Let's close it out. Shall we? We are at don't, an hour. Don't. Don't, don't don't close it out. Let's see you get hammered. <laughs> All right, yeah. here we go. You don't. So here's the last few questions. All right. So I've been reading this new book lately. It's called Love Plus Work by Marcus Buckingham. And I'm gonna summarize this thing, and then after I summarize it. Y'all spit your thoughts, all right? So here's the summarization. It's called Love Plus Work, um, how you're able to get into the flow with anything, work, or activity related that excites you, a space where you own your truth and that truth can surface without being right or wrong, a space where you can lose yourself, and what gets your attention? Um, it's in his book, he calls it a weird W Y R D. Anything that can typically, um, something that you can notice that nobody else does. And his example was like, he was at a track meet. He's watching all these people doing a high jump. And as the guy does a high jump, all the competitors, all the other athletes are watching the high jump and they're like, lifting their toes up that their foot off the ground like they're jumping and they and the guy like when he notices that he's like hey did y'all see that and nobody was like what are you talking about so like a special thing that you notice that nobody else notices um so those are a few things and then lastly finding your red threads is the theme in that book where um your red threads are where you, um, where you are not doing the activity, but you are the activity. Activities where you, where you disappear within them, and what makes you positively charged? Like all those things that you love, and what I just described, and, and what this book talks about is like, where are y'all finding those things, and what you're doing in your current day to day? So, that's that. You should have asked these questions at the beginning of the podcast. <laughs> I know that's, that's why at the man. that's why the end of the podcast makes it even more, you know, makes it better. Mo better, mo better. Like Duval, Duval, not Opo, Duval. Right. Um, um, how about we do this in pieces? Sure, yeah. chop it up. I mean, I. I gave you like what I wanted to say. Okay, pick, let me, pick it apart. All right, red threads. What yeah. gives me energy? Yeah. My wife and I's date night once a week. That is refreshing. 
Nice. That's all I can say. I think people could agree. Yeah, I agree. Jeff, yeah. what do you got? Um, I think too, man. I mean, what I, what I really like focused on is, you know, coming home, you know, days of work are stressful, uh, and, and doing everything. But man, when I come home and, you know, I see my, like just, just tonight, man, my, my wife was feeding my son in his high chair and he is just smiling, laughing, um, giggling and just handing all the food to the dog, which is hilarious. Um, just, just seeing him so happy, man. I mean, I, I really like, I, I really think my like purpose in life is, you know, ensuring, especially at a young age that he can keep smiling and laughing like that. I mean, again, you come to, you come back, you know, from work, you know, beat down, stressed out, you know, et cetera, et cetera. But coming home and just hearing him laugh and giggle, especially this age, man, I mean, that like, that really does energize me. And really puts life into perspective. I mean, it's almost like you just forget about your job. Nice. Date night once a week, man. I'm jealous. I can't get a date night once a year, man. <laughs> um, How do you find a babysitter? It's a That's great a great question. question. Yeah. Matt? He's out. Yeah. Meshack? Yeah. Um, He's on date night right now. <laughs> yeah, just what I I think it be it would help if I unmuted my mic, right? <laughs> we actually our next door neighbor, she's like a 15-year-old girl that's perfect. Kids love her. She comes over. They listen to her. She gets them to bed. It's like the perfect scenario. Awesome. We just moved in right and there's the babysitter right next awesome. door. So, nice. you got luck. That's perfect. Uh, take advantage. That's perfect. Yeah, watching watching people cool. succeed, watching my kids succeed, right? Um, I think is because you know, my kids are getting older, right? Eleven years old, seven years old, um, just just and, and just being with them, right? Like tonight, uh, my daughter and I put a put a talent show on for the neighborhood. If anybody who's watching, right, we were just out there talking to to invisible people. Uh, and into her jump yeah, rope. I did that tonight too. Yeah. So uh, just those moments are, are the ones that energize me. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, I think that's it. Awesome. Cool. So that was just a, a quick summary of uh, of that book. Um, those were all examples of what you're doing at home. Is there anything at work that makes you energized or are you just kind of like getting through the day? Yeah, I was jumping on the train with everybody else. Uh, at work, what makes me energized is seeing people succeed. That's it, right? Yeah. So uh, it's it's a little bit more difficult in this current job. I've got, I mean, granted, students succeed on tests and they succeed in planning and they do all that stuff. But watching them evolve throughout the year from – where they were to who they become. Right. Um, and to me, it's not about, it's not about like becoming a better planner. Cause that's going to happen. It's not about learning, uh, how war fighting happens. Right. And how to integrate all the war fighting functions. It's about whether or not you become a better leader, a better person. Um, at the end of the day, when you leave the school, you are just better suited to lead people to be in front of people. Um, and uh, I think that's watching that development, the maturation process of those individuals 
is, is probably, um, the most rewarding, the most energizing thing that, that, uh, I do on a day-to-day basis. And that, and that goes into the fleet as well. It doesn't just stop here. Gotcha. Awesome. Maturation. I'll remember that. Maturation. Mature, maturation. I think maturation is right. I've never heard that before. It was a a big word. It's it's my my go-to word to make me sound smart. That's about it. (laughs) You can only handle one at a time. That's right. Awesome. (laughs) We're talking about work, right? Yeah, work. Yep. No, go ahead. Awesome. Well, like for for me, it's fun where I'm like, all right, look, here's what I want to do. It's like right now we're trying to grow delivery. So we do Chick-fil-A team team member delivery. There's not a big like Uber Eats, DoorDash, Grubhub presence. So we've taken it. We've probably doubled it, almost tripled in the last three months. It's like like just putting a goal out there like, hey, go grow delivery. And then just watching them be able to do it. Now you've got to be able to support them. you got to give them all the tools, all the background stuff. Um, but like we've gotten to the point where like I'm needing to add labor, I'm needing to add people to it, but I didn't do anything about that. So it's just, it's like, it's when you have the people, when you can develop the people, when you can give them the tools and the resources that they need to be able to take a, a very limitless, very unbounded idea and say, all right, here we go. And it, it's, I often say it's having the confidence in them that they will um, try enough things, but not make such a grave mistake that will get you in trouble that you can't recover from. And I think that that's like one of my points of, of confidence in myself is that I can watch from the background and the sidelines and say, all right, I know that if you do this, you might not, might not succeed, but you're not going to destroy my business either. So it's just trying to like balance that. So it's having the confidence to say, go run and try it, learn from your, failings but then also succeed in what you learn in the back end boom sham wow i like it <laughs> i think too and it, you know just a little more some you know simplistic is like you know i, I you know, lead my hospital through you know a very talented pool of directors and each director oversees you know a, a, a department uh, departments are, you know, larger, smaller, depending on, you know, which one it is, but, you know, every, every day, you know, there's minor issues or major issues, um, you know, that, w- that we work through, um, and, you know, my, my first level is like, okay, I, you know, both directors, if there's an issue between two departments, you know, you guys get together, um, and try to solve the problem. And you know, many times the, the two directors can, it can knock out the issue. It's like, okay, this is, this is the issue you're dealing with this, I'm dealing with this and we're going to, we're going to, we got the issue. And then I just get back brief. Like, all right, here's what we're doing. I'm like, great. You know, and more often than not, I don't really interject. I'm like, you guys worked it out. That's you know why you're here. Uh, you got a lot of experience and talent between each other. So you knock it out. Um, but you know, sometimes it does come, a lot of times it comes to my level of stuff. I was just dealing with something today, you know, working with my DON uh, over an issue, um, you know, affecting her department, you know, we had a plan in place. We're doing a meeting next week. But, you know, when you solve those problems and I mean, there's a feeling of accomplishment, you know, there and that's, you know, definitely kind of what gives me energy is, you know, you're, you're there to solve problems, keep the efficiency of the operations, of the hospital. And Austin, and I had talked about this. Now, obviously we're in two different jobs, 
you know, two different industries doing two different things, but the parallels of, you know, to what we're doing um, when you simplify it to the basics is, you know, is, is very similar. And um, I, I just think, you know, solving those problems and making it happen. I mean, that's like a huge, uh, not really sh- best way to say it, but it maybe feel an accomplishment or, Hey, you, you took care of that. You, you, you knocked that out, but you know, solving those problems every day when you come to work, I mean, that, that certainly gives me, you know, a lot of energy because it, it's, it reinforces like, you know, why you're there, you know, it's, it's a purpose, purpose driven job. Yep. And when you fit those pieces together, I mean, it's, it makes the job worth it, you know, and, re, you know, and rewarding. Awesome. I think I talked about this on my podcast, but it's like, if you have your why, if you have your basis, if you have like what drives you, so like for me, it's serving good food, developing young men and women. Like that, as long as you can, like Nishak said earlier, where you're following, like when his mom had all this stuff, if you can follow what the course that you put together is, it, it makes a lot of stuff easier. So it's like, I have my why at the house. I have my why at the store. Um, they're totally different and, and actually probably contradict each other because for, in order for me to be good at my why at home, I really don't need to be at the store much, but you've got to be able to do the store to be able to provide for the house. Um, but as long as you can find the happy medium and, and what makes them both tick. And some of that is the development of the young men, men and women. Some of that is the getting the credit scores up. Some of that is growing sales. It just, it is what it is, but it's exactly what Jeff's saying. Like the more problems you can get, uh, I think Jocko says it's a decentralized command, right? So the more you can get stuff pushed down, the better off you are in the long run, because then it's like that stuff doesn't have to travel all the way to you. You can, set your ground rules. You can set your ability for them to make decisions and pull the trigger on stuff. And then it's like, all right, like Jeff said, backfill me. Like, all right, well, you made that decision. I don't necessarily agree with it, but Hey, good on making the decision. Here's how Mm -hmm. you think about it differently, but Hey, I'm proud of you for making the decision because I didn't have to get called. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, on that too. So I'm blank on the name of the book, but the author is Cal Newport. And he, what he does in his book, and I, I read it, when I was a, when I was a CEO in training out in Las Vegas, it's not a very big book, but you know, he talks about the difference between, and I'm, I'm paraphrasing. I don't have the exact quotes or anything, but he talks about the difference between a passion driven career job versus a purpose driven, you know, career job. And, you know, you, I'm not, and he goes, he gives specific examples and I'm not, you know, knocking any of those, but I had a conversation with my medical director, uh, recently and, you know, all our jobs are stressful. They, you know, take up time, you know, all the different stuff type of stuff. But when I come to work, you know, there's a literal purpose behind what I'm doing and there's the main purpose, but there's also the other, you know, purposes that, uh, uh, you know, emerge from that, like helping people grow in their careers, you know, developing them professionally, purposely. It's definitely, you know, a people driven business, which is what attracted me to it, you know, from the beginning. So, I mean, just going back to the Marine Corps, you look at a mission statement, all right, there's a task and there's a purpose, the purpose being the why you're doing it. And what I've found in my role is, you know, an unlimited amount of whys, uh, which has been fantastic to me. I mean, I'm not developing PowerPoints that get sent off to a boss that, you know, may or may not ever read them, Excel spreadsheets or whatnot. I mean, it, as difficult as the job is, as stressful as the job can be, 
I never have to question, you know, why I'm doing, you know, what I'm doing. So that purpose to me is, you know, a very huge aspect of, you know, why I'm in this career field and, you know, and doing what I do. So just to call out the, like, cause you're obviously in a, in a high role, Jeff, it's like, what would you say to those that are not like in your seat where you're the, you're the head honcho, right? So how do you like, how do you find that purpose driven? How do you find that? Why? Because mm-hmm. uh, to me, it's obviously the same thing, right? Like I can, I can dictate what I'm going to do on a day-to-day basis. I can dictate what my store is going to do on a day-to-day basis. Um, but it's like, I don't, was, did that book define like different levels? Yeah. I mean, it'd be tough to say that, like I said, it'd been a couple of years since I, you know, I've read it, but it, it kind of just, I, I think the, the, the big point of the book, and again, don't paraphrase me or anything, but I, I think it made, you know, people take an honest, like what I always call, you know, what I always say is like, you know, have that, have that conversation in front of the mirror and, you know, look at like, okay, you know, I love, you know, X, Y, or Z, but, while it's fun, it's enjoyable, you know, is that really my purpose, you know, of what I'm doing? Uh, you know, is it, it's, is it checking that box or, you know, that's probably the, the best way to say it, but is it really giving you that fuel and that energy? And I mean, we all, and it, probably the, if I could, Austin, probably better answer your question is like, you know, when, Playing football at Navy, right? We could all agree that you know, playing college football is, is, a, is a full-time job. And it definitely makes you question, you know, um, you know, is this something I'm, I'm willing to do every day? I mean, go out there on those practice fields and, you know, run into our human beings, which is, you know, which is great. You know, we all are attracted to that type of mentality. But for me, you know, my purpose of playing Navy football, um, ultimately, like my, why I kept doing that every single day was to be associated, you know, with um, guys like all of us, you know, here, how many, you know, a decade plus later that we're having these conversations. And, and that's just my example personally, but I mean, we all love playing college football, but, you know, the time commitment, the demand, the injuries, it makes you kind of question your passion for the game. But I never questioned my why of the game, specifically at Navy, because even, you know, it, whether it be, fall camp, fall practice, spring ball, off-season lifting. What I got excited about every single day is I was going to spend, you know, a, a couple hours, you know, with, you know, guys I could relate to, guys I loved. And, you know, it's been proven time and time again because long after we've left, you know, we've, we've hung up the helmets and shoulder pads for the last time, you know, we're still having, you know, we're still great friends. We're having these conversations. And, you know, credit to Tony for this podcast. But you're still relating to those guys that you forged those bonds with back when we were, you know, 19, 20, 21, 22 years old. Yeah, to me, it actually sounds like the whole premise of this, right, which obviously brought us all together is Tony's price of admission. So it sounds like the quicker you can define what your price of admission is or what your return is or what your sacrifice is, whatever that is, the better off you've got a chance at actually finding your success, your daily driver, your why, your – thing that gets you mm-hmm. out of bed in the morning yep because i mean just like just like you know practice can beat you down the the you know the, the day in day out the schedule um you know if being you're like dad, me grades business, were whatever yeah yeah being a dad can beat you down man i mean it, it's like 
you know, it, it is. I mean, it, 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 and I have, again, I said on my podcast, I have one kid. You guys have more than one kid. Uh, we're definitely trying for a second, but like taking that step back and be like, all right, you know, why did I decide to become a dad? You know, why am I a dad now? And, and putting everything in perspective, it's like, it's seriously one of the greatest things that ever happened to me. Since this little guy run around, learn to talk, crawl, walk, and then uh, this, I'm in the early stages of it, but develop into a young man. And I mean, that's the why, you know, and you, you want to see him successful. You want to see him succeed and, and do well. And frankly, as I, I said in my podcast, I wanted him, my son to grow up and be like guys like us on this podcast. That's my why. I think that why actually kind of becomes synonymous with your price of admission. I think you're right. Yeah. It's well said. Yeah. <clears throat> Dude, you guys just went on and on and on. That was awesome. So that's good. Tony, who are you texting? Could, could, my wife. Could you, you shut sure? the fuck up now, please? <laughs> <laughs> I'll mute myself. Now, is that 40 done? Is that 40 done? <laughs> no comment. Yeah, no, man. that was good, though. I, I liked it. That was real good. All right. What what, else, what else, Okay, go ahead. <laughs> I, I don't have anything else. Uh other than I got one more question and we'll let it go from there. But is there anybody else that you guys would like to hear from on the price of admission that we haven't gotten on here yet? Just off the top of your head. Like who should I get on here? that needs to be on here that hasn't gotten on yet. Joe Cardona. Joe Cardona. That's a good one. Yeah. You've already said I'm pick. I mean, there's definitely for sure. Yeah, I've tried yeah. that for 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 many a time. Yeah. So, uh, Sovi and everybody on here, just keep on pushing him because I keep on saying it, and he says he might do it. Lane Jackson, but he hasn't committed yet. So. What about Robbie Caldwell, John Chan, Dave Wright, all those defensive guys that we were banging heads. I against. tried Rob. I tried Rob Caldwell. Um, didn't work. I'll reach out to Dave Wright for you. Dave Wright. I'll, again, I'll, I'll I'll throw my pitch in. Obviously, um, Sanders, man, Sander Gossard, uh, Goose, he'd be dude, a fantastic. We've one. been beating that one up. He, he he's not. Gonna I know, and I texted him too, as you know. But I saw Sander. I, I think last another one in person. He's like, I just got to find a better time to do it. Okay. Um, I will tell you too, man. And again, I, I've said it before, and there's a lot of strong reasons, you know, for me personally. But Bryce McDonald. Um, he was a guy when I was losing weight, trying to get in the Marine Corps. I mean, he was a believer in me from the get-go, uh, you know, helping me out with that. Huge inspiration to me. So, I mean, to get Bryce on here would be – and his story, too. Uh, he's obviously been featured. That would be – I mean, he'd yeah. be huge to have on and the podcast. Then I, I would say Eddie Carthen as well. You've heard his name a few times. Um, yeah. Eddie Carthen, without question. Uh, he kind of told – because we were talking when I was at NAPS. Um, so that was year number one of 20, but, uh, when I was at naps and, and he said, you know, I was the captain of the team, but I didn't want to be the face of the team. Right. And so, um, that stood out for me for a long time. Right. His point was, I, I can do the things behind the scene. I don't need to be the guy in the limelight. And that, that's what, uh, I've tried to emulate myself off of that conversation with him for, for a very long time. Gotcha. Outstanding dude. I can't disagree with any of those guys. 
once we get through all those, I'd recommend reaching out past football players, and I got a list. But those guys are the first in line. So, gotcha. All right. Hey Tony, question you from your book. You said, "What's the little detail that catches your attention?" Like that guy saw people lifting their toes up. Yeah. What's the one that catches yours? Because that's pretty interesting to me when people notice stuff like that. Yeah. So for for what I do um, in manufacturing, when I go out to the floor with a group of people, I can usually walk out onto the production floor with a group of a whole bunch of people and say this is what our biggest problem is right now without anybody else discovering that. So like the choke point, uh, if I got a problem with one of my lines, uh, I walk out to the middle of the floor and I know exactly where my problem is. I know exactly where my choke point is. And a lot of the times people have a hard time picking up on that. And, and that's one of my uh, red threads. So, that's, it's just intuition. You just have it. Yeah. Well, so like, you know, when I was in Texas, when I did this in Texas, the exact same thing in a different location. It took me a long time to figure that out, but that was like my main effort for all those years. Right. So like new job, I got to learn how to figure this thing out. And when I got there, this thing was the most important thing. Figure out the choke point. Right. So I did that for three years. And then now where I'm at in, in, in Kentucky, that's what I trained myself to do. And now while I'm in Kentucky, I like every day when I walk into the floor, I'm like, guys, y'all see that? And they're like, no. So um, like, this is where we go. This is where you focus. Like, um, so that's how I feel about that. What's your flow? What's my flow? Uh, so what's my flow? That's a good question. Um, don't quit looking. It's making, I just do it. It's making that I just music. Do what my wife tells me to do. <laughs> it's making that music. Matt knows. Yeah, it's making that music. Well, Nisha, some good stuff. Put that back on yourself. What's your flow right now with the supply chain issues? I, um, I take flow. Oh, that's for Tony. Go ahead, Tony. With the supply chain issues and flow, uh, it's all about, it's really about people. In order to affect the people, it's about what I just talked about with like getting on the floor and like teaching people how to find the choke point. So the more people that I can impact, I try to do that. My, well, I, I separate it. My flow is like personal life. And then what you guys were, what you, what Tony's talking about flow, I, flow in the work life for me is just being able to show up as a professional, handle the chaos, accomplish it. And then I have to be able to uh, compartmentalize it or else it's not, it's not fun. It, it drags my personal life down, but then my flow in my personal life, man, I don't know. I, I, I picture that as like Tony's like music for me, it'd be like playing the guitar, man. I something more outside of family. But what I lose myself in is like what Jeff was saying, when you get home and you see your kids like playing with each other and they they run up and give you a hug. That's, 
that's what I lose myself in. So I think that answers all those questions for Tony. Well, so awesome. My, uh, What's yours? So every time I uh, share a song that I blend with you guys, I always share it with all the all the plant managers in my region, and there's eleven of them. Yeah. I send all the songs that I make to my plant managers because it connects, dude. Music connects, and sometimes I take a risk on it. That's just the way it is. Um, but most of the time it works out beneficial because all those songs like music does, it brings people together. And so that's my flow. So, Hey, I got to ask Austin and Jeff and if Clint's still on the attention, like the weird thing that you notice, that's a really curious question to me, Jeff and Austin. What, what, what's that answer for you guys? What's the question, Matt? Like something you notice that no one else does that catches your attention? I have two answers if you want me to go, Jeff. Yeah, please, man. Yeah. So I got a micro and a macro, right? So my micro is the name tag. So in our uniform, we put our name tag on our right breast. Um, when you go to shake your hand, therefore your name tag is exposed to the person you're shaking your hands with introducing yourself to. So I can always tell if my trainers are doing a good job by simply the placement of the name tag of the trainee that they're training. So I often look for that, kind of evaluate my trainers because we live and die by the culture of the training that we're doing. Um, and if we can't get that, I often tell them, if we can't get that simple detail right, we're not going to get the big details right. Then I back up to the big details. The big details are exactly what Tony's talking about. For me, I need speed, so I've got to eliminate the choke points. My choke points will move just as I'm sure as Tony's will. Um, but it's it's teaching my managers to be able to step into the exact choke point at the time, but then recognize that that choke point is no longer the choke point and moving with it all the way to either food across the front counter or food out the window to the drive through um, So it's like I have to take two different stances and two different viewpoints is like get the small things right so that the big things like the choke points can move when we need them to. Shoot, move, communicate. Right, Hefe? Yeah, man. Sam Kill. Uh, Sam K, excuse me. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I actually, you know, just based on it, was a great question for Matt. I think I do need to look at some of those more finite details, just like Austin said. Um, you know, my bigger issues, you know, I look at the hospital is the main operational deals is, you know, we have, you know, every day we discharge patients we admit patients we obviously treat them um and then you know once discharged you know we bill for services or whatnot so you know a lot of my day-to-day you know problem solving you know working with various directors is you know surrounding you know the big picture day-to-day operations of the hospital but obviously a huge thing that we focus on through various audits, uh, meetings or whatnot is, is the, the quality and the, the performance of the actual care that we're providing. So there's definitely, you know, a lot of finite details that we, you know, that we look at every single day Our employees, it, it, a small example, like Austin mentioned the name tag, you know, our employees wearing their badges. 
um, we, we do checks on patients or are those done in compliance, you know, um, for our, you know, our safety, safety metrics is our documentation good. All right. And one of the things we talk about, if the documentation is not good, you know, is the process broken? Are we not, you know, giving adequate, you know, time, um, probably time being the biggest one to, you know, to allow for that appropriate documentation. So that is, you know, that those are the kind of things that, you know, we look at every single day and, you know, obviously some days are way busier than others. I mean, that's just the, the, the nature of a hospital, but, Jeff. you know, really looking at those quality <clears throat> metrics. Yeah. What's up? You sound like a politician. Is it, the funny thing is, I'm not a politician. Maybe one day. You're trying to get your son's first word to be Ronald Reagan. Come on now. Well, I mean, a fan of, you know, I'm not an NFL player, but I love, you know, NFL football. <laughs> get it. Tell us, um, tell us no, the I mean, real stuff. Give us a summary. Tell us, like, like what happens if the documentation's bad? Uh, so through audits, you know, we kind of identify, you know, various directors do audits. So, you know, we look at it. And it could be simply, you know, people could don't it, could know. Could it cost you money? Like they're, uh, potentially, yes, it could. Yeah. And, um, you know, is there is there training needed, uh, and, you know, education for staff? Um, you know, again, is, is the process broken that we need to, you know, we need to fix, you know, to do that? But we do a lot of things. I say audits is kind of a broad term, but, you know, we're continually looking at, you know, are our processes that we've implemented What's working, you know, as uh, usually monthly. You know, are our processes working as as designed? That's, you know, it's a big thing. Yeah, that's the biggest thing. Is if, yeah. Y'all yeah. have, Tony, y'all have the outside that. auditors? Yeah, 100%. Um, food safety. All your uh, line managers do the uh, surf safe and stuff. Yeah, we do. I'm sure you do too, Jeff. Yeah, cool. Kitchen. All right, I think we should wrap this thing up. Unless Matt and Clint have anything else to say, but they went offline about ten minutes ago. So no, I'm, I'm here. here. Oh, he's there. Oh. <laughs> There. I didn't answer the question. The attention. Which question. one? Which one was that? What gets? What gets makes my toes curl, or something like that. Oh uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah that, um, that's how Tony put it. Yeah. Uh, no, the, the super in depth, Jeff. Man, this was great. I have no clue what you're talking about. Um, the uh, <laughs> uh, you, you know, you, for me, I was thinking hard about it because I. It's it's having the opportunity to develop people, man. Like if if I can have a discussion with someone about leadership and I'm watching it click with them, because you guys you guys have all been in the military and you know that we've got good leaders and bad leaders, and I'm sure it's the same in the civilian sector. Um, but uh, I've experienced some good and some horrible. Um, and so it, it irks me to see bad, but it really makes me proud to see great, right? Um, and uh, 
So having conversations with people, coaching people is something that I really am passionate about. Uh, it's, it's active coaching where I write things down in a book and then I pull them aside and I work them to the answer that, uh, that's right. Right. Rather than, you know, telling them what to do, just asking questions that leads them to their, to answering the question on their own. Uh, that, that answers the work question. I think for, for flow, man, uh, talking on Matt, kind of what you were saying, personal flow in my personal life, it sounds kind of silly, but going out and throwing the lacrosse ball with my son and feeling like an athlete again gets me going. Um, but that's it. Those are Tony's questions. Oh, what was your question, Matt? He gets a credit. No, I was just asking oh, the yeah, questions yeah. that Tony had yeah. asked in the beginning. Nishak, what's your red? What's my red? What do you mean? He was red talking about like what we'll put you in. All right, I started red with th- that. <clears throat> red thread. I said date. Go ahead. I think I said date nights. What would motivate or energizes you? No, so, so here, like that. A, I'll rephrase it. Ahead, so this is we're we're about to close out because we all have to uh, like go to bed soon. <clears throat> your red threads. Three points. One, where you're not doing the activity, you are the activity. Number two, activities where you disappear within them. Number three, what makes you positively charged? What are your red threads? Positively charged date night. And when I get home, <laughs> see the kids. All right. I'm going to flip I'm it. Serious. I'm going to say, uh, yeah, I understand that. But like, at, I'm now I'm going to focus it at work. You have to do these things oh, at work. Oh, man. You have to be positively charged. <sighs> you have to be in the activity. Activities where you disappear within them at work narrow down go i don't have a i don't have a good answer man when when we used to spar on the ship i'd lose myself there when we'd wrestle that's about it so you got uh some you know jujitsu going on yet or no yeah i'm doing that but when we yeah at work when we do it on the ship that's what Gave me the bug to, to pursue it with with the Marines that were on there. And that was, you just lose yourself. You can't think of anything else when someone's trying to choke you out. Right? Great stress reliever, too. Yeah, Perfect. it's good. What else? Is there anything else or is it just fighting? For this group, like, I feel like fighting is the only way to get it out. That's what I'm trying to figure out. That's it, man. Something that challenges you mentally and physically. I've actually made, made it a goal. My, you know, my wife's a huge runner. Uh, you know, she ran track at Maryland and made it a kind of personal internal goal to now that in New Hampshire, the weather has gotten, you know, mildly better uh, to spend more time running. I hate running. I don't like it, as you guys all know. I hated the Marine Corps. I hated it pre-Marine Corps. Still hate it now, but it challenges me. I don't like it, but, you know, it's, obviously good for you for all the reasons, but, um, you know, great stress reliever. And, you know, it, it's also in our house, you know, my wife running with our, our kid and the baby, um, in the, uh, the stroller, it's a family activity too. So I've kind of made it a 
personal challenge myself to do that once or twice a week with, with the fam. And I hate it, but that's not the point. <laughs> well, so these are red threads. The red threads are the things you love doing. So I'll keep seeking. Uh, we got we got about three more minutes for anybody to offer up some red threads that they love to do. That Tony's bladder is three minutes away. True from exploding. Yeah, that's what that means. And uh, yeah, I want to hear what charges I'll, I'll you. I'll tell you what, Tony. Well, real quick, kind of deviate real quick. I know Tony's on the uh, the bathroom clock uh, countdown here, but I remember during COVID we were doing like Google Hangouts or whatever with all the you know the all the all the brothers from 2010. Man, I, I really miss kind of doing that. I think obviously the podcast has been huge, you know, connecting people. But uh, those uh, those meetings with the guys and you know I, I think we did one. I, I hadn't talked to Kevin Campbell in I don't know how many years, but we were getting started. There's only a couple of us on there. You know, Lark came in, uh, Cambo came in, and just, just I mean, I was on a computer screen, but just seeing those guys, man, that really, uh, that really energized me, because all through the academy, who was energizing me? You know, the guys on the team, and just, you know, now fast forward later in life, even virtually seeing those guys, that, that really, uh, really energized me. Awesome. And Ross organized them, who's in Thailand, so we got to figure that out again. I'm horrible <laughs> at organizing that type of stuff. Yeah. Y'all got some good content, or we can close it That's out. That's it. Right now. What do you think? I think I think we're good. Call it a day. I could go real deep, but I don't think you want me to. Yeah. Clint, Clint right now is currently a victim of domestic violence, so we should probably next the butt. Yeah. Hope Clint. Wish Clint the best here. Duval. <laughs> yeah, he's gone. Yeah, he's in trouble. He didn't respond. Yeah, he's, he's, he actually <laughs> just logged off. All yeah, right. look, look, look. Wait, prayers up for Clint right now, man. All right, so thanks for this, Tony. Yeah, I think we're good. I'll. Uh, I got a lot of cutting up to do after this one. It's gonna be tricky. Probably have to spend a lot of time on it, but it's my fault. So, oh, man. well, it's a it's a special edition. You don't have, you don't have any deadline. True. Yeah, true. Special edition. Cool. All right, guys. Have a good night. All right, man.